Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Okay, the final whistle went about an hour ago, um, an hour and ten minutes ago, on Liverpool 2, Brighton 2. Um, I'm delighted that you're with us, first of all, the listener. Hello. Delighted to be tickling your oracles once more on Cop On Podcast. Thank you for downloading it or listening to it or streaming it, whatever you're doing. Thank you very much. And I'm equally delighted to be joined by Alan and Brian on the line. Um, Well, there are lots of different ways we can view that match. Um, But the first thought I had at the final whistle was that if by some stroke of horrendous misfortune, we had to replace Jurgen Klopp tomorrow, and we had to do it. We couldn't, we couldn't choose Pep Linders, who's probably next in line, probably. I would be very happy if our board was smart enough to choose Graham Potter, because I thought hats off to Brighton, Brian, because I thought they were really, really good. Yeah, yeah, they were. There's no getting around that. And, and I agree with the sentiments. But um, I, I imagine everybody's feeling a little bit down or a little bit frustrated about the performance there. Um, so before I get into the analysis, I'd just like to say one thing. Na, 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 na. Ollie's at the wheel, at the wheel. Ollie's <laughs> at the wheel. Sorry, I... <laughs> no, well, I mean, well said. I mean, you know, things uh, may look a little bit, a uh, little bit dark. You know, the few dark clouds around. Uh, you know, but the the sky for us is, is you know, there are definite sunny intervals. Uh, not like our, um, you know, our rivals Manchester United, who are, you know, well and truly. I mean, it's night time. It's been night for ages for them. Um, Alan, yes, Brian's feeling down. He's feeling down about the performance. That's understandable. Um, but, you know, giving credit to Brighton where credit is due and also the fact that we're, uh, you know, now 20 games unbeaten in the Premier League. Are you looking, you know, at, at a half full glass, Alan? Or is it just, you know, another couple of points lost from a winning position? Uh, I think the points lost from a winning position. Um, like you said there, Potter sent out his team in the second half. Uh, fantastic. I don't know what he did to them at half time, but... They were a different team. They were the better team by a mile in the second half. But um, definitely, we can't be we can't be going two 0 off at home and and sorry drawing a game. It feels like a loss. You know, it's not our first time this season. We're we're up against Brentford, City, Atletico, and today Brighton. And the only game out of them we won was the Atletico game. So there's, there's worrying signs. Um, unfortunately, it's uh, it's kind of similar last season when we had the crisis in the defence with injuries I think our midfield is what's is what's costing us now and I hope we don't make the same mistake and not and not buy someone soon Brian Allen has said just then that uh, you know the 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 midfield you know of course Cater having gone off again uh, with another injury I think that's his third of the season already and we're on the 30th of October um you know that le- that leaves us without uh, Elliot, Tiago, Fabinho, and Cater. Is that a good enough excuse, Brian, uh, for for a poor performance, or should we have done a lot better? Um, I think one one thing begets the other, right? I mean, uh, the most obvious thing you could point to today is the lack of strength in the middle of the pitch, um, and it you know wasn't helped when Naby went on went off and you know ox came on um you know jones great player but sometimes not not there um and you know the 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 names you mentioned any team is going to suffer when such pivotal names have have dropped out of the team you know fabinho is, is a is a very very important player for us um and uh, when he's not there, we we miss him dearly. So, yeah, I mean, it's starting to look that way. I mean, I think, you know, we can't, we have to remember, we can't expect to win every single game. We can't just keep rolling teams over 3-0, 4-0, 5-0. We are going to lose games. We are going to drop points from time to time. <clears throat> it was like the Brentford game. It happened. Yeah difference being is I think there was a lot of players that were just 
a little bit off the pace today and it was it seemed to me like one of those days where the rub of the green was not with us every 50 50 ball went against us every bounce of the ball bounced towards a, a brighton player two goals are offside just i mean towards the end i was starting to feel like I'll be happy just to get out of this game with a point at this stage because nothing has gone right today. Yeah, I had a sense of that too. That you know, I was happy to to come out with a point uh, because you know, I just I'm just full of respect for Brighton and, and Graham Potter coming there. I think it was tactically they they outdid us. I mean, you know, in the second half they put an extra sort of um, you know attacker in their press. We found it really, really, really hard to to get out, and we were constantly under pressure, especially. Uh, down our left, you know, Andy Robertson. Um, you know, they were they were really really good. Uh, well done to them. Um, the XG, though, according to Understat, um, was one point four zero for Liverpool and one point five one for Brighton. So they only edged it according to Understat's um, XG. But it, there were a number of opportunities where I thought where Brighton had runners going through going through us and. I saw echoes of the of the Villa match of last season. Of course, it, on that day, absolutely everything went against us, and we ended up losing seven two. But you know, the, the spaces were there, and they didn't quite capitalize on them. Um, but I'm just full of yeah, as you said, Brian. We can't win every match. Um, it's uh, you know, it's just you know, to, so to escape with a point is not is not so bad. Um, but Alan, now uh, Chelsea are three points ahead of us. It's only at game 10. There are 28 matches to go. Uh, Chelsea have arguably, you know, had a slightly easier start to the season than than us or City. Um, but, uh, you know, I think they're, they're the favourites now. I mean, the early favourites for the league is still too early to call, of course. Um, what do you think, Alan? I mean, are you sort of sad that Chelsea are now three points ahead of us? Or, you know, are you happy that we're an extra point away from Manchester City, who lost to Palace? Yeah, of course, you'll always be happy to be getting ahead of Pep. But, um, yeah, I think Chelsea are favourites now. I think Ch- Chelsea are probably doing um, what we did to your rewind it is winning, winning games, just even one nils or to have that bit of luck going for them, the momentum going for them. Whereas um, I do think Ch- I do think City will fall away and I didn't fancy them at the beginning of the season and I still don't. Um, unless to prove uh, Daniel Levy to be a genius and go out and give Spurs £150 million for Kane in January, um, I don't see them catching up. But um, yeah, Chelsea do worry me. Um, they're, they're a tough team, hard to beat, hard to break down. And if, if, if Klopp has one fault, we all have faults, I think it's he, he doesn't change a game when it's going wrong. You know, there's a few times where we've we've come along in the second half and teams have just had runners in midfield and and well maybe today he had an excuse he hadn't got many people on the bench, but um it's just a worry I have that um when we do get into these battles like we got into with Brentford where it's free flowing football that we don't seem to have a, a way of shutting up shop or changing the game. So it's worrying me a little bit. Um Probably if we get Fabinho back, he might sort out some of that. But um, I don't know, I'm a half glass, half glass, half full type of guy, but just find it hard today for some reason. No, it's a great answer. Absolutely. Fergus has joined us. Hello, Fergus. I wonder what your opinion is, Fergus. Could Klopp have done something better tactically today? Uh, how are you feeling? Oh, hi, Owen. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm feeling that. Um, we got away with a point. Uh, we could easily have lost that game. Um, it was a poor performance in general, especially from the midfield. As you know, Liverpool is a well-oiled machine, and if one cog is missing, then uh, you know that the whole machine tends to, if not grind to a halt, at least um, work far less efficiently. Uh, Curtis Jones didn't uh, didn't offer much in midfield. He he tended to slow the ball down a bit too much and you know he's still learning he's a young player still learning his his position so um you know and and was caught caught out of position a few times as well uh, Kanati at the back you know it's that's another another new cog um you know i don't know why matic didn't start 
maybe it was tactical, maybe he was waiting for uh, waiting on uh, for the Atletico game. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, I'd say it was a point gain for Liverpool, really. On another day, we would have lost that, even though we had the ball in the net four times, twice, probably rightly disallowed according to the rules. Um, and uh, it just shows that Liverpool has not the deepest squad. You know, if we have our first 11 available, including Fabinho, we probably would have won that. And, um, you know, as I said, after the Chelsea game, we really have to hope that... Um, both uh, Chelsea and Man City slip up this season for us to win the league. Um, let's think about the the you know the players. Then you know you said uh, let's go through them from the back to the front. Um, let's start with Alisson. Alisson Ramesses Becker, twenty nine years old. Um, I thought he was terrific, Brian. I thought Alisson Becker. Uh, what would you give him out of ten? And uh, you know, talk to me about his performance. Oh, you know, I think he was. You know, decent. I don't think he was at fault for any of the goals that that, that we let in. You know, I, I can't fault him. I'd give him a seven or eight. I, I'm not sure. I mean, it's hard to give him anything above a seven on a game that that was that disappointing. But I didn't really have any that I didn't. His his name is not on my shit list. <laughs> to use one of the better words. After that game, I he he he, he did. What, what we always expect. We put a solid performance in. I think I'm always happy with uh, any Liverpool player as long as they give us a seven um, in, in any game. You know, if you're going to win trophies, you obviously need to, more players to 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 perform above that. Um, but I don't think he let us down today. I thought he was pretty, you know, solid. Well, okay, I would give him a nine because I thought he was better than that. I thought he, uh, you know, he saved. He made two incredible saves. I mean. Brighton had, by the way, five shots in our box. Uh, we only had five shots in their box. It was 14 shots to nine overall, but a lot of our shots were sort of pot shots. I mean, the Henderson one from about 40 yards was particularly, I don't even remember it. It must have been blocked immediately, but uh, it, it's, it's here as clear as a dot on a grey screen, a blue dot on a grey screen right in front of me. Uh, but no, OK, I would give him a nine. What what would you say, Alan, for Alison Beckett? Uh, yeah, I'd agree with a nine. I think he was our best best player today, um, despite letting in the goals, but none of the goals were his fault as such. Um, so I, I thought he was a nine. I thought he was let down in front, really let down. Um, just on, on the goal he let in, the first, uh, the one that he couldn't see in the sky. Um, I heard an interesting commentator on TV explain why why keepers don't wear hats anymore. And he was saying that because of they have the hat on with the shade, their pupils dilate. So when they look up into the sun, it's worse. They can't see it all for a few seconds. So I just thought it was an interesting fact. But um, back in my day when I was playing football, we had hats. So no wonder I let in so many goals. Yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the answer is. Maybe maybe a pair of shades, Edgar David style. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but no, that is an interesting idea, interesting point. Um, uh, Fergus, and you could talk to me about your opinion on Alison Becker, but also Trent Alexander-Arnold, because Trent, he had one shot, he had one key pass. Um, offensively, yeah, one shot, one key pass, one dribble. Um, defensively, two interceptions, two clearances, no tackles. Uh, what did you think about Trent and Alison? Yeah, I mean, I'm just... I like to because uh, obviously if if someone is like myself is giving a, a marks out of ten, it's very subjective. You know how do how do I feel about the performance? Whereas if you look at one of the um, statistical websites, whether it's who scored or whatever, they would look at the how many saves Allison made or how many passes Alexander Arnold made, uh, and compare that to all the other games that they've played and all the other games every other player has played. So I thought, but I mean, subjectively speaking, I thought Alisson did well today. Um, you know, I'd probably give him an eight. Who scored gives him a 6.7 um, because they based that on the amount of goals he let in and, and the amount of saves he made. Um, he, he did, he, he pulled pulled a few saves out of the bag. Alexander Arnold got a 6.8. He didn't have his best game today, didn't have his worst game. I thought the full backs didn't get us forward uh, as much today as they normally would. I thought Brighton's um, fullbacks were excellent uh, and really caused us a lot of problems, especially Cucurella, who's a really unorthodox-looking left-back. 
Um, he's like a mini Puyol from Barcelona. He kind of has this very, um, what can you say, inelegant run where he, he sort of has a very stiff looking run, but he's a highly effective player. And Brighton have really um, ha- have, have set their, their stall out and shown that they, that they um, compete probably on, on a lower budget than Liverpool, but certainly compete in the money ball stakes in signing unusual, un, unusually good players, unheard of players, and turn them into fantastic players. Um, Mwepu had a, had a brilliant game today. He's from Zambia. You know, he's the second Zambian or the first Zambian to ever play in the Premier League, uh, um, along with uh, Patson Daka. So he, he had a great goal. So, yeah, um, our best player, I thought, was Henderson. Um, dominated the midfield. It wasn't really his fault. Cater going off. Um, Cater's obviously in the best form of his Liverpool career right now, and he went off. That really didn't help when we're so short. And Brighton marked Salah out of the game. So, you know, that's where we are. Firmino tried his best. A lot of his, a lot of his passes uh, didn't make their mark. So, yeah, that, that, that's, that's sort of how it looked to me. Yeah, very, very interesting stuff. Um, we'll get on to, yeah, Henderson and Salah and how they did it uh, in a little while because I, I want to stick with the defence because Ibu Karnate, I'm, I'm, I'm where I usually am post-match, which is on whoscored.com. So Ibu, his passing accuracy was only 80.5%. Now, compare that to Virgil van Dijk, 91.8%. And that's the kind of figure that you would want from your centre-backs because they're, they're not, they don't have to, you know, pass the ball spectacularly well. Um, but 80.5 is particularly low for a centre-back. And even in the last game against Manchester United, Konate managed 91%, around about 91%. So a drop of 11% in one game. He couldn't find a player... Um, as much as he would like to. Also on whoscored.com, they said he tried eight long balls and none of them were successful. Although I do remember one long ball that was along the ground. It was a beautiful ball to Firmino that was actually successful. So I don't know quite how who scored. I mean, they might have missed one or maybe it it didn't count as a long ball by one yard or something like that. But I don't know. I'm a little bit... I don't know. It just seems like the passing, that's something that we missed from Matip. Um, but, of course, what you gain from Konate is the fact that we can play a high line and not be hit so easily on the break because Matip doesn't have the pace that Ibu does. Um, so, in retrospect, um, I'm going to go to Brian here. Um, in retrospect, was it a good idea to play Konate or, you know, because of because of his pace? Or you know, would you would you prefer to see Joel Matip, Brian? Oh, me, I I would prefer to see Matip every day of the week, you know, at all times. <laughs> if Matip's fit, I, you know, and God, if he was only like ten years younger, play him every single game. But I mean, we paid a lot of money for Kanate. He he is a great player, um, obviously, and we will have to bed him in at some stage. Um, and it looks like that stage has begun now. But um, I mean, even the United game, uh, that game reminded me a little bit of United's performance in in Europe uh, a couple of games before that. Everybody was um, praising them and whatnot. But people, including Paul Skulls and myself, who looked at that game and saw it, thought they were all over the place. And it, during the, I thought anyway, um, I mean, the euphoria, the euphoria of this week has been so amazing we've all been dining on that result and it's been it's been wonderful um but i thought kanate was was pretty shocking the first 15 minutes of that game um and really i mean he things settled and i think united started to crumble in that game and then this game kicked off and he you know he was on the team sheet again and immediately i saw the same thing he's been pulled out of position um he which is, I mean, I don't know if it's to be expected or not to be expected, but I don't think he's hit the ground running, shall we say, um, because we play a very particular style of football and it's a, a, it's a very, very high level. He's quite a young player and he has made me nervous both games now. 
and we got found out today. You know, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure if he was at fault for the for the goals, but I think it almost reminded me of like Brendan Rogers' days, or you know, when we had uh, Mig Migs in goal. There was that level of insecurity back in in, in defence that I think indirectly he he injected into our team um uh because he it seems like he hasn't quite got the system yet um i mean i remember the second goal he was not in the right place uh when when they were breaking and his, his tracking back was just non-existent he was on his heels watching the goal go in so i'm okay with him playing that's not a problem i i did actually turn to my buddy and say you know, do we do we take do we put Matov on now? Uh, and you know, painted is the picture is that we're not pulling the defender off, but we're just bringing Matov on because he brings he he gives us a little bit more in terms of bringing the ball out from the back. Um, I would have loved. I mean, that's probably not the right thing to do uh, when you're kind of trying to coach a young player into the team. But at at about sixty minutes, I, I you know the game was crying out for something and uh i mean i was a little bit not overly impressed with the crowd today as well because the team was in trouble it was obvious the team was in trouble second half they they made changes as you said at one stage they had 67 percent possession you know liverpool we're, we're not used to that as a team as fans we're not used to looking at other teams coming to our place or even at their place and having the ball that much and they did whatever he whatever he did it worked and we were there was lots of players a little bit off the pace and it was only when they scored the second goal that the crowd started to sing and started to make you know try to g the crowd up it was just all a bit lethargic it was all a bit samey samey and sometimes we, we suffer from that with you know i mean i think everybody does when you've had such an amazing result and you know amazing party and spirits are really really high and i mean i don't think we were sleeping on brighton i don't think klopp was sleeping on brighton i mean that was obvious if you followed his uh press conference when some journalists suggested that we could rest players against them he 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 almost spit out his his coffee when when they said that but um yeah i don't know i mean we've got the champions league coming up we win that game get any kind of result in that game and it, it looks like we've locked that up so I didn't like his performance, but I wasn't I wasn't angry that he was in the team either. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a very it's a very reasonable answer. A very very good answer. I think. Uh, yeah. I, 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 it's normal. I think that for players to take take a while to adjust, and the the potential is that he's only twenty two. That's just you know he's just a baby for a for a centre back. Um, he did get one tackle in, which was the most that anybody on our team managed, apart from Bobby Firmino, who had three tackles. Um, he, he led our team in terms of interceptions, did Ibu, with four. Um, he made three clearances, which was equal with Henderson and Trent as the best in the team. Um, and uh, no blocked shots, according to whoscored.com. Nobody in a Liverpool shirt blocked a shot today. So there you go. Uh, but no, it's a very reasonable answer. Um, Virgil van Dijk, I'm not going to talk about because uh, he was Virgil. He's done well. Um we need him in the team. There was that moment where he was very annoyed with the ref, and I thought the ref was poor again, Mike Dean. He just doesn't give any decision towards Liverpool, I think. Uh, you know, he's another one of those biased refs. Um, he's just, I don't know, he doesn't give anything. There are 50-50s, and he gives them, you know, 90-10 uh, to the other team. Um, it's annoying. But, uh, yeah, Virgil... Um, he did all right. Three interceptions, one clearance, no tackles. But as usual, you can't really uh, judge Virgil on the stats. Um, but Andrew Robertson is more interesting to me to talk about, Alan. Uh, by the way, Fergus has left us. He dropped out, having some connection issues. Uh, but thanks for, the, thanks for your input. Anyway, Fergus, um, Alan, uh, talking about Andrew Robertson out there on the left, he was playing against Brighton's right-hand side, uh, being, being Veltman, Mwepu and 
Sonny March with Adam Lallana sometimes coming across. And it was difficult for Robbo uh, with Curtis Jones in front of him and Mane in front of him. It, it was a very intriguing battle between those players. But I just thought that they, you know, with Lallana getting involved, they, they, they did well. And it was a very tough, tough match for Robertson. There were a couple of really nice crosses into the box. I believe he had seven crosses in total. I'll just check that. Uh, he had six crosses, excuse me, but only two of them were accurate. Um, what did you think of Robertson's performance, Alan? Firstly, if you don't mind, on just to, to agree with everything Brian said about Ibu. Um, he didn't do anything wrong, but he didn't do great things. But I think the biggest thing we missed from Matip today was in the box, in, in the opposition box. Matip seems to cause a lot of trouble in the opposition box, which Ibu is learning he'll get there probably, but I thought we missed that today. Um, as for Robertson, you know what you get from Robbo. You always get 100%, but um, I didn't see them stats on his crosses, but you could tell it in the game. He wasn't getting accurate crosses in, but that was uh, the whole team seemed to be like that today for, for the second half in particular. But yeah, Robbo gave us a good 6, 7 out of 10 as always, but not his best game, I would say. But, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you said it was uh, around the team. Trent, uh, for example, had seven crosses and only one of them was accurate. Trent tried nine long balls and four of them were accurate. So we've seen Trent have better game, a better have better games with the ball. Although Trent, to his credit, did you know get an eighty four point six percent passing actually, which is very good. Andy Robertson uh, had seventy two passes with an eighty eight point nine percent passing accuracy. So it's a bit. A, a bit more accurate with his passes, although he wasn't as adventurous because he only tried two long balls, but both of those were accurate from Robbo. So, I mean, it was an intriguing battle. I thought Robertson did well, uh, but he wasn't helped by the fact that he was, you know, quite often, you know, outnumbered. I mean, Manny did very well tracking back, but we'll get on to Manny in, in a bit. Naby Keita, for the record, had 100% passing accuracy from 17 passes in his 19 or 17 minutes on the pitch, actually, uh, before going down again. His third injury, I don't want to talk about it. It makes me feel a little bit ill. I, obviously, I, I hope he's well, but it's just so frustrating to have a player who's that good, who's that talented. And every single season, he puts a few games together and we're all thinking, wow, here he is. Naby Keita's coming to the Premier League at last and he breaks down again. So it's just too frustrating. But I will talk about his replacement, uh, which was Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. 81.8% passing accuracy from 33 passes only 33 passes. He played that delicious ball uh, that was one of uh, two key passes in the game. He also had two crosses. One of those was accurate. But if you compare him to Curtis Jones, who had 67 passes, and Jordan, Jordan Henderson, 68 passes, um, you know, Curtis Jones's passing accuracy, again, Unbelievable, 97% accurate, even though he's playing lots of short balls. Henderson, 85.3% uh, from 68 passes. But Chamberlain, 81.8% passing accuracy from 33 passes. Um, does he look as lost to you, despite his amazing assist, as he does to me? Like, I don't know, he just seemed like he, he, he was on the field for, you know, 70 minutes and you know, plus additional time. And it just, I don't know, he played, a he had a couple of shots, a couple of pot shots from outside the area. But the actual game itself, he wasn't involved enough. Um, am I being a bit a bit harsh, Brian? No, um, you're really not. I mean, he came on and I started to do my little speech about him like I always do. And, you know, what a player he is and he needs a run of games and now he's getting a run of games and my friend just looked at me <laughs> with a look to say you know shut up <laughs> <laughs> you know and uh you know it's just that isn't it it's like we are i re i've never i really like him really really like him we all know how good he is he's got an amazing shot on him but uh, i mean honestly I think I'd have Lallana back over him now at this rate. You know, it's just, 
you can't there's too many games he gets he gets a go he gets an outing and you know we could get that he's a top 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 player it's not like he's it's not like he's you know building his career and he's at the tail end of his career now and you know he's just not there he's not he's not like when he plays with the when he plays with when i say the reserves when he plays with the second team he's not the best player on the pitch when he plays with the first team he's not influencing the game and our our middle of our mid pit our middle of our, the pitch is very important to our all our players are very important we can't that was, i think the problem today was we had one too many passengers kanate was a passenger oxley chamberlain was a passenger jones was a passenger you you have that many passengers it it offsets the entire balance of the team and the team plays as one unit and when you're missing three pieces of that one unit it puts everything off kilter and then it starts to creep in and like I've, i can't remember another game where everything started to go just wrong just a little bit wrong for us whereas united was the complete opposite everything went just a little right for us those 50 50s bang they were all ours even their goal offside great today it was almost the complete opposite every little small margin was not going in our favor and ox you know yeah i mean i don't after like i've said this a million times before i can't see he needs to kind of um re like bring his uh his career from the ashes rise from the ashes like a phoenix and it's just not gonna happen it really isn't and but so, it might it, do it might it, do brown no, i'm gonna i'm no, gonna, you're won't. gonna look at me like no. your friend looked at you when i <laughs> no. suggest that he can put it together but there's no something... you're just wrong old stop stop, well, look, stop. But hang on hang on hang <laughs> on because he had a couple of shots and we know he's got a rocket of a shot they both you know weren't his two long shots today weren't weren't very good but he's at least having the long shots getting into those positions but the um, shots are not the know, problem the shots have never been the problem with him i i you know he will always have a shot. yes it's getting involved it's, in the game i agree i agree he, he kind of like if, you, well. if he's sitting in the middle of the pitch right and mm -hmm. he is if you look next time he plays watch him closely he is on his heels a lot a lot right you know he and he and when he i don't know there's something there's a lethargic nature to his game now that i've noticed and like i don't i don't want to drop it all on him it's obviously not his fault today i don't want to don't, don't get me wrong i'm not blaming on oxes it wasn't his fault today but he didn't help when he came on and that and i am his biggest fan i really really want it to work for him i, I wanted to work for him all along but i'm also a pragmatist and you, you only get so many bites of the cherry. And I think when, when he comes on, it, we, at the end of the game, you're not thinking, well, thank God Ox came on because that was the catalyst. Well, to he, got, he got an, an assist, a beautiful ball <laughs> for Sadio Mane's goal. And that's, that's what that I was. That was, that was good. That was good. It was unbelievable. Pass. But it's a bit like, like Ronaldo at, at uh, United. You know, it's like, yeah, he can do brilliant things, but is, is that what's, what team, what, what they need? No. And, and yet nobody's ever doubting Alex Oxley James's ability. He's got it in spades. But it's the fact that we've got a very hardworking team that. You know uh that squeezes every inch around the pitch and i don't think post injury i'm not talking about recent ones but unfortunately that one in the champions league a few years back he's just never been the same player since then for me interesting stuff yeah okay i can see it but i think he can still he can still learn he can still get there we can agree to disagree um curtis jones Alan, um, as I said before, 67 passes, 97% passing accuracy. I mean, he has, you know, before posted about 30 more passes and, and Henderson as well, 68 passes today. I mean, in the last game, Henderson had, I believe it was hundred and around about 130 passes. So Henderson, half the amount of passes as he did against United and Curtis Jones, maybe two thirds of the passes. But there was something, you know, beyond the stats about Curtis Jones today. He looked like he was uh, frustrated and he looked like he was a little bit scared to, 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 to take risks today. And that's the Curtis that I've seen before. And that's the Curtis that I, I don't, 
I don't love. I mean, he had five long balls that he tried, and three of those were accurate. I just, but I, he didn't. He didn't dribble or anything. You know, he didn't. He didn't show his amazing technique for, for, for dribbling or you know getting around players. He, he didn't even attempt to dribble today, according to WhoScored.com. And Alan, I wonder if Curtis, you know, needs to be told how good he is and just given a bit more license to to you know to take more risks or when you've got a a team like Brighton who are you know set up to spring on the break maybe maybe I'm talking a load of rubbish and and it's good that Curtis plays so safe um what did you think of Curtis Alan yeah definitely yeah. he didn't have his his best game today but, but I don't think anybody in our midfield had a good game because because of the way Brighton played um we were on the back foot for the whole second half virtually but yeah, no, I know what you mean. He's the type of player that you would you were hoping to see go by a player, set up a brilliant pass. But yeah, he was a bit bit off today. But as I said, like if if the midfield has been virtually overrun like that, it's hard for a young player in particular to stand up. You know, it's um also agree with Brian on the Ox. Uh, I have taken a few notes there today, and then in sixty minutes, I I wrote down Ox is finished. Time to sell him. You know, so he's the type like Brian said, he's a at the end of his career now, he, he's in the prime of his career nearly. You, you would expect him to take up the mantle there today in midfield and, and pull the Cortis or people like that along. But no, he, he was a passenger, definitely. So I felt sorry for Cortis there, really, to be honest. Yeah, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. I mean, our captain Jordan, I mean, he, he did he did what he could. Um, according to who scored one tackle, but I seem to remember him making two uh, in the space of about two minutes in that second half um so i'm not sure about that uh... yeah he suffered as well that like like you know mm. I, I i i personally said before that i think jordan's hen- legs are gone but that six role suits him now he plays brilliant in it some great passing and brilliant goal today but he suffered as well in the second half because he had Cortis beside him, a young player on the left. He had Ox just not doing it for some reason. So, so even 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 Jordan today like just looked average in that second half, which we all know he fights till the last second. Like so, it's very hard to judge the midfield today on that performance. Yeah, it's a good it's a good answer. I think so. I think it is hard to judge, but th- th- there was an element of tiredness, and in general, Brian. I think the last 10, 15 minutes, the extra games like the Champions League games, you can really see it against a very well-drilled team like Brighton. I think you could really see they they finished the stronger for the last 10, 15 minutes. We looked looked knackered already, which isn't great news considering we've got a couple more games before the international break, of course, on Wednesday against Atletico Madrid. And then on Sunday against... Uh, West Ham away um, but I just wonder maybe the extra day because we've got Wednesday Sunday as opposed to Tuesday Saturday um, are, you, are you worried about our tiredness Brian? No I'm not I mean I think we've seen this before we've, we've um, you know you could classify this as a bad result you know it was particularly because we were too nil up um, and, and let them back into it but you know every now and again you get these kind of games you get these kind of results where yeah, you're right. The the, the 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 team looked knackered, lethargic. Um, they didn't have it in the tank. And uh, as uh, Klopp mentioned in the press conference, I don't know if it was the one just gone or one before. Like our our game now is all about freshness. Um, just, we play with such intensity that um, I think I said it a few times last season. When we don't have that intensity, we are we become a completely different team, you know. And when we have freshness and we have the intensity, people can't live with us. No team can live with us, and it's amazing. But uh, as soon as we drop off um, and we swap out a few players and 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 the balance goes, then we we're still a very good football team for sure, but we're not the all conquering team that we see most weeks um and you know i think historically this liverpool team the and this bunch of players and this manager have have responded very well to disappointing results in the past um so i mean i can see the west ham game is 
it's going to be very, very tough. I mean, both games are tough. <laughs> what am I saying? Um, but uh, no, I, I, you know, I have faith in this team. I, th- I think today was, you know, it was disappointing. But it, you know, I'm a realist. You know, they, they, they do happen. I mean, I don't think whilst the performance was not great, it was not atrocious either. It was just, it, it was more for me. It was like an, it was an off day at the office, and there was just one too many passengers and we we managed to come away with with a point like i I think few of us felt like we we could have easily lost that game we didn't and uh you know we go again it's a really good answer i i I think it's a very very uh reasonable very pragmatic answer and uh, i agree with you um uh i just gotta uh talk about you know the front three uh you know mo salah Roberto Firmino and Sadio Mane, it was very difficult for them. Mo Salah was up against Kukurea. Um, Yves Bissouma was on, was on that side a lot, although you know, they also had uh, Modere, uh, who, who was substituted for McAllister. And, you know, it, was, it was hard. It was very, very hard going. Um, you know, three versus two, basically. Well, three versus three because Trent got involved. But, you know, Trent had to watch behind him because they were very, very dangerous on the break using the pace of Kukurea. And I thought the big difference, again, with Chamberlain coming on for Cater was on the right side of our midfield three. We didn't have enough presence, unfortunately, um, um, and enough know-how. But I don't know. The front three today, Roberto Firmino came off. Uh, you know, he was substituted for Jota on 77 minutes. He had three tackles, Bobby. It's the most in the team. I thought his play was generally pretty good. He had... Uh, he had four shots, although none of them were on target. Um, one key pass. Mohamed Salah had two shots only, uh, one of them on target, two key passes, of course, an assist because he, he laid it off for, for Hendo. He was generally very, very dangerous whenever we managed to attack on that side. Um, but with the extra defender they have with three at the back, compared to Manchester United last week with only four at the back, was that there was an extra body there to stop Mo Salah, and they did it really well. So credit again to Potter, credit to them. You know, um, Jota came on; he wasn't great. Maybe in retrospect, you'd you'd take off Mane and put put Jota on the left because Mane had uh, only two shots as well in the whole game, and one on target and two key passes. So those are exactly the same stats as Mo Salah. Um, he scored, of course, he did. Brilliant finish after this superb pass by. Oxlade-Chamberlain, the much maligned Oxlade-Chamberlain, who's got all the talent in the world. Um, But yeah, uh, you know, passing-wise, in terms of their passing accuracy, Mo Salah only 73.3% today, which is a big drop-off for him, at least 10% off his average. Roberto Firmino, 83.3% passing accuracy. Sadio Mane, 81.3% passing accuracy. Alan, you can choose which one of those you want to talk about from the front three today and perhaps, you know, perhaps offer a solution so we can maybe score more goals or is two should be enough, no, in the Premier League at home? I don't know. What do you think, Alan, about the front three? Yeah, two goals should be enough at home. But um, I thought Salah was fantastic in the first half. Um even like in the first 10 minutes, I, I, I noted that he was passing the ball, even when in positions where before he would try to go by players or shoot. Like his pass for, for Henderson's goal was just perfect. Um, so I thought that was a different side of Mo's game this season, particularly early, early first half today, we could see it. He's looking for the pass a lot more. He's kind of, dare I say it, uh, turning into a messy type of player where he's bringing the team into games more. Um, that, player that was marketing him, uh, Coco Real, is it? Coco? I've, honestly, I'd never heard of him before. But, um, Coco Rea. Coco Rea. Um, I thought he was a quite good player. Um, obviously, in the first half, Mo, Mo got away from him a few times. But I couldn't blame Salah for, for not playing well in the second half because of the midfield. The, the, the ball just wasn't getting to him in the right time, the right right fashion. Um, Bobby and Sade tried their best. But again, it's it's the pattern of our team. Our team is built on the hard-working midfield. And if that hard-working midfield is not working, the front three struggle because 
one, they have to go back and defend more to try and help out. And two, then when we do get the ball up forward, they're either coming back from working hard or or they're not in position. There was one or two occasions there today where even Ox, say Ox, uh, not picking on him, but he, he made a good run up the left combined with two players, got into the box, looked for a cross. There was no one there. I think Mane was coming back from defence at the time and Salah was the far side but he couldn't get the ball from so so it's hard it's hard to criticise them on that um, I would agree with you I think Jota should have come on for Mane and I think he should have come on 10-15 minutes earlier just for his energy and his pace on the left hand side there but I'd find it very hard to criticise any of them really because I don't think they were getting the ball in the second half yeah very interesting stuff indeed yeah I mean the amount of touches Mo Salah had in the entire game uh, was 44. Um, I'd be very interested to know how many touches he got in that second half compared to the first, but unfortunately that stat is not in front of me. But no, it's a really good point, Alan. So 44 touches. I mean, last week I mentioned that, you know, against United, it was probably the finest performance I've ever seen from a Liverpool player uh, in a match. That's in my opinion. You can disagree with me if you like. Uh, but he had 59 touches last week and only 44 this week. So again, credit to Brighton. I think we could have, you know, reorganised we could have done something. But without four of our central midfielders, it's it's very hard. It's very, very hard. Um, uh, so, yeah, OK, we live on. We live on. We fight on. Um, I've just got, I, you know, a bit of a shorter episode today because uh, I've got to go and phone my mum. In a few minutes, but before before I phone my mum, check up, see how she's doing. I'm going to ask you a question, Brian, about um, the results because you have to take. I mean, we we gutted about today because it could have been more. We could have, you know, put more distance between us and City, etc., etc. But on the bright side, okay, looking at it another way, if you had gone back to before the uh, Manchester United match, would you have taken four points at a point at Old Trafford and 5-0 today? Or, this is a question that's from Darren Vile, that's in our Copon group, or would you, like Darren, be very happy with a point today to have had the experience of absolutely trouncing Manchester United last week? What do you think, Brian? Yes, obviously. Just... Salad days. These are the days of our lives, you know. Unbelievable. That game was just next level. Un- you know, I'll take that any day of the week. It, that was just beyond words. And look, it's a it's a long, it's a long slog. You know, I think we need to keep our eye on the prize. We're playing great football. The team's very strong. We have a bit of a bit of an injury bubble that we're or bump in the road that we're dealing with in the middle of the pitch and i i think you could argue that we possibly do need a, a signing uh in january in the middle of the pitch maybe a, a a decent player just to shore things up because we have one too many players in there which we all know are just a bit too susceptible to injury um but ultimately overall i like i like where we're at yes okay chelsea looks strong and they're doing well, but you know, let's see where they're at in in February. If they can keep that up the whole the whole season, good for them, and they'll deserve to win. Um, but I like the way we're playing. I like the way we're set up. Uh, I like the intensity. We've got the best player in the world right now, and Verge is back. It's it's there's a lot to be happy about. We've just got through a quite a drooling. Drooling, grueling, grueling, truly was drooling as well. <laughs> yeah, we've been drooling at how we play. Yeah. Yes, I mean banging in goals. I mean the last four, three or four games, it's been like I don't know, fifteen goals we popped in. Oh it's no, been it, amazing. It, yeah, it has been amazing, and that's yeah. really. We've good. all come down to to earth now with this two-two draw. God forbid against Brighton, who are sitting in fifth. I don't know if they're sitting in fourth now, but they're a great team. And, uh, you know, it happens. I think we should all just take it easy. It's fine. It's okay. It's not great. Obviously, we, 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 it's always, I think these results are always just a little bit more frustrating when the opposition also mess up. 
and mess up worse and we and there's always this feeling that oh we really could have you know really um taken maximum points there and just stretched out a bit of distance but it's okay it's okay i think in the overall perspective of time so to answer the original question every time i would take that for, i would do anything for the, that for that game it was brilliant <laughs> it was brilliant and uh, no it's a really good answer and just to remind you i'm gonna put the same question to you really alan to put things in context i mean i remember after the brentford game we recorded the uh, an episode and you know we were looking forward to the to the fixtures we had you know at the end of september and all the way through october i just want to remind everybody because they have come thick and fast we went away to Porto on the 28th of September, having drawn with Brentford 3-3, and we beat them 5-1. Then Man City came to Anfield and we drew 2-2. Then we beat Watford 5-0. Then we beat Atletico Madrid 3-2 at their stadium, which never happens. Then we beat Man United 5-0. Uh, we're through to the quarterfinal of the Carabao Cup, a.k.a. the Koala League, because no one really minds about it unless we win it, and then it's great. Uh, but uh, So we're through to the quarterfinal. That's another cup that we can chase. And, Alan, the, of course, today's match is 2-2. In context, we're doing pretty well, aren't we? Yes, we are, definitely. Um, even when you read out them, them, them games there, what fun we've had out of them games, what excitement. Um, it's it's hard when you think you drop points like today and, and you do kind of look at look at the big picture and think you've dropped. But, but realistically, we're only a few points off the top. We're winning games or scoring goals. Like it's a fantastic time to be a Liverpool fan um, compared to most of last season. I'm quite happy where we are. And that's for the Man United result. I've taken every day of the week, every single day. Brilliant, brilliant. And the other thing as well, not to get you down ourselves, but I expect a big, a big um, comeback after this game because even then, Jorgen said in his interview after the game there that he didn't like the body language in the second half. So it's no better man than Jorgen to be getting up with the players. Um, he doesn't give out and rant and throw hair dryers around, but I'm sure when he goes in today and gives them a bit of a talk, to, we'll see a massive improvement and we should be should be delighted where we are. Excellent stuff. Absolutely. Wonderful. Thank you very much for joining me, Alan. And thank you very much for joining me, Brian. And thank you to Fergus, who came in briefly uh, before his connection uh, went away. But, um, you know, it's these are great times. Even when we draw, it's kind of epic. You know, it, <laughs> you know my nerves were jangly. We beat Man United 5-0 last week. We've beaten Presso, beaten Atletico Madrid. We can't have it all our way, can we? Uh, so, listeners, wherever you are, whoever you are, listeners in over 30 countries, please keep spreading the word of Cop On Podcast. You can send us an email, coponpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, at Cop On Podcast. Um, watch our YouTube channel, because that that's uh, every... Every week now, Friday uh, at the moment, although I might change it to a Thursday soon. Um, you know, keep keep an eye out for that because uh, that's really good fun. Um, and yeah, thanks very much. Uh, take care, everybody. And yeah, it's not that bad. Don't worry about it. Thanks, all.